I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much product was being sourced overseas and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that were still making in Britain. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in the UK, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be telling the stories behind some of the best British-made brands and manufacturers and offering advice to those that want to make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. and welcome to episode 11 of the Make It British podcast. Today I'm going to take a little look at how I think UK textile manufacturing has fared in 2018 and what I think the future may hold in 2019 and beyond. But before I get started on that, I'd just like to tell you about something that we're going to be doing at Make It British in the new year, which I think you may find useful. Now, if you're starting the new year with a plan to launch a new product or you want to find a new manufacturer, but you're not quite sure where to start, then you're going to want to join our five day challenge that is starting on the 7th of January 2019. This five day challenge, which you'll be getting via email, will break down in five simple steps everything you need to think about and prepare in order to start reaching out and working with a UK manufacturer. And to go with the email challenge, there'll also be five special bonus podcast episodes to help you to get factory ready in just five days. These podcasts will also be a handy refresher if you're already making in the UK, but you're thinking of launching a new product and you want a little refresher course on the best way to go about it. I've also set up a special Facebook group to go along with the challenge that will give you some extra support and accountability from other people like you who are doing exactly the same thing. And in that group, you'll be able to ask me questions about anything that you don't understand as we go along. So if that sounds good, you can sign up for the challenge at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash get set. Leave me your details and you will be notified as soon as the challenge goes live. So now let's get on with today's episode. So I've just finished writing an article for a publication called the UK Manufacturing Review. They asked me to give my thoughts on the textile industry in 2018 and what my predictions were for the year ahead. So I thought it would be quite good to run through some of the things that I've covered in that article ahead of the article being published at the beginning of next year. Now, just to give you a little bit of background, the UK Manufacturing Review is a publication. The last copy came out a couple of years ago, and I think that was the first one. Um, It covers all the key events, the achievements and the challenges that have happened to the best and biggest British manufacturing sectors in 2018 and also with forecasts for 2019. And I've written the textile section for that. It's going to be published in the new year. If you want to get hold of a copy and you're interested in all those different UK manufacturing sectors, what I'll do is I'll pump you a link in the show notes for you to sign up and be notified as well when the manufacturing review goes live. So what were my thoughts on the UK textile industry that I wrote for the publication? 
and where do I see it going in 2019? Well, I think at the moment, the UK textile industry is in a bit of a state of flux. So you've got on one hand, the industry is much more active than it has been for decades. You know, exports are increasing. There's more and more of a demand for a made in UK label because people perceive that as meaning quality and that British made products are quality and affordable quality. But on the other hand, I think the textile industry has reached a little bit of a tipping point. You know, we've got issues, as I've covered on previous podcasts, with things such as skill sort shortages, ethics in the industry coming into question, rising costs of raw materials. And not, let's not even start talking about the, re, the decline in the retail sector and all the problems that are going on there. And, and all these things threaten to derail the UK textile manufacturing industry before it's even really had a chance to grow to what I believe is its true potential. You know, we currently make £9 billion worth of textiles in the UK and 120,000 people are employed in the sector. And the sort of things we make are diverse. You know, you've got dresses in being made in London in high-end ateliers, you know, like the episode I did last week with Katia making her dresses in London. And, you know, those, those sort of factories are making garments that grace catwalks all over the world. But then you've also got the finest woolen cloth made in Yorkshire and used by some of the world's finest tailors. But then our technical textile industry is huge too. You know, we make 3D knitted parts for the automotive industry. And did you know we also, in the UK, make the fibre that they use in artificial grass. And all of that counts as the UK textile industry. It is huge. So people think that, you know, it's, it doesn't exist anymore, but it, it really does. Unlike many of the other manufacturing sectors, and this was something I wanted to get across in this review, whereas if you looked at the automotive industry, there may only be a few big players in the textile cent sector, 80% of companies making in the UK in this in that sector employ less than 10 people. So it's lots of tiny micro businesses and SMEs. But the but these businesses play a really important part, I believe, in the UK fashion industry. Now, one of the reasons that the sector is growing is obviously that um, more and more companies are looking to source fashion-led products closer to home. You know, many of the online fashion retailers, and I've mentioned this before in previous podcasts, people like Boohoo, Misguided, ASOS, there's a reason why they source a lot close to home. And their phenomenal growth in the last 12 months has been, you know, they've been able to do that because their supply chain is local and they've been able to react quickly. But then you've also got your traditional bricks and mortar stores like John Lewis and Arcadia. They're making a lot more in the UK as well and a lot more closer to home. And I predict that they will be making more going forward. And that's certainly something I'd like to cover on this podcast in a future episode. Hopefully get some of those buyers onto this show and talk to them about what their plans are for sourcing um, more products in the UK. But also what we've noticed is that more brands are starting to talk about reshoring their production. And that's a sure sign that UK manufacturing is here to stay. You know, we've got Clark's talking about opening a big factory in Somerset. They're going to be able to make up to 300,000 pairs of their iconic desert boot 
a year in that factory, apparently. So that's very exciting news. And also, I have also heard that M&S are in talks with a supplier to build a state-of-the-art hosiery factory in Northern Ireland. And both of those manufacturing plants, will the Clark's one and the M&S one, will have advanced automation to help in their production. And that is something that allows them to increase efficiencies and offset the higher labour costs that are associated with making in the UK. And that is really exciting indeed. Now, one of the other things we've seen happen recently is that consumer demand has definitely increased when it comes to buying a British-made product. So, you know, provenance, transparency of the supply chain, these sort of things have really helped to push UK clothing manufacturing to the forefront. And you're seeing heritage firms like John Smedley and Cashmere Mill, Johnson's of Elgin, they're growing their businesses because of the interest from overseas, and they're doing that through exports. And exports of UK-made textiles have increased by 28% in the last five years. So exciting times ahead. I know I keep using that word exciting, but I do feel that now is an amazing time for UK textile manufacturing. And because of this exciting growth time, a lot of those businesses are now having the confidence to invest, which they weren't doing before. And that's why we saw a decline in the UK textile industry. Less interest in people making here meant the manufacturers were less willing to invest in machinery. And now they are. Uh, In the last year alone, apparently, £400 million was spent on new machinery and and on R&D in the UK textile industry. And that went up from 43% in the previous year. And that means we can compete in a global marketplace. And despite UK textile manufacturing not being the size it once was, it is still the 15th largest textile producer in the world. But now to the not, so that's all the positive stuff, but now to the not so positive. So I talked earlier about the things that threaten to derail the industry before we've even really got going. One of the biggest challenges is the the capacity in the UK is not where we need it to be. So, you know, the ageing workforce and the fact that manufacturers haven't invested for the last two decades and haven't thought about who's going to take over their businesses going forwards because they didn't think there was a future in it or they haven't taken on loads of new staff because they thought the bubble might burst. This is now proven to be a real challenge because demand is now outstripping the supply, as in what we can actually produce here. And and I'm hearing of mills that are running 24-7 to keep up with the demand there is to make stuff in the UK. And there's still bottlenecks in the supply chain. So there aren't enough textile finishers or dye houses. They're in such short supply. I was speaking to a manufacturer the other day who was saying there's really only two dye houses in Leicester that he can use for his jersey fabrics. And that's a real worry because I know personally from experience that so many people are looking to source fabrics from the UK but if they can't dye them then it's crazy we can't send out UK knitted or woven fabrics overseas to have them dyed and finished and then bring them back in again and that also has implications for whether you can label something as made in the UK or not so I think going forward that's going to be one of the things that's going to have to be addressed and that's going to have to be looked at is how can we um, replace still some of these parts of the industry that that are causing the bottlenecks for us. There's also, from the, the from the sewing and the garment side, there's a real lack of, of people that can um, fix the machines, so the machinery technicians 
um, garment machinists. I've talked about that before. There's not enough of those coming into the UK at the moment. And with Brexit coming up, it's going to be a time of really is going to be a time of uncertainty next year from that point of view. But what I think is really fascinating and is something I'm planning to talk about more on upcoming episodes of this podcast is the fact that we're now seeing a movement towards people, a more cottage industry like way of manufacturing. So micro mills and small workshops being set up by designers who want to make in the UK, but want to have control of their own production. And they don't they aren't able to find capacity at the factories they want to work with. And what's great about these little micro factories and micro mills is that they are able to offer flexibility to the designer. And and those designers are building a brand behind the story of manufacturing their own products. I mean, I think just in the last week alone, I've spoken to two different companies who are both now setting up their own manufacturing units as part of their brand. And not only are they going to be making their own products, but taking on the staff to also help out other designers like themselves that want really small scale production. So that is definitely something to watch in 2019. On a less positive note, while 2018 has been a great year for most UK manufacturers, there have been a few casualties, I'm sad to report. We lost one of the last remaining underwear factories in Wales, a company called AJM Sewing. They shut their doors, as did the Florida Women's Shoe Factory in Norfolk, which was really, really sad to see. Both of the companies, when they closed, they said it was the fact that they'd lost key contracts. And there is no doubt that the tough trading that we're seeing on the high street and with the retailers is going to pose a problem for manufacturers who are working predominantly with these big retailers and relying on their orders and and relying on those orders to keep their factories in work. And I don't think that Brexit is going to make it any easier for these retailers and these manufacturers who are working together. So hopefully we won't see too many more casualties in in 2019. I really, really hope not. And then while we're on the subject of Brexit, that is going to pose several problems for the manufacturers in the UK. So, you know, those problems are things like Um, potential customs delays, you know, how is that going to affect when the UK textile industry imports a lot of raw materials? How is that going to affect the industry? Is that going to cause delays in the production and the rising costs of those raw materials? That's going to have a knock-on effect as well. And also, let's not forget that the UK's biggest export market for clothing and textiles is Europe. And it's a big percentage of the clothing that we export. So despite there being a lot of interest from countries in the Far East and places like Japan, you know, a decline in sales to the EU is going to have a negative impact on many of the businesses who are selling made in the UK products. And, you know, how quickly can they expand into other areas overseas to offset this? Who will know? That will be one of the biggest challenges. But I think by far the biggest challenge is obviously, as I said again, the migration of skilled staff coming from the EU. And will they still continue to come after the end of March 2019? Who will know? And one of the other challenges facing the industry at the moment is the question of ethics regarding just a very small minority of the UK textile industry not paying the workers the right the, the minimum wage, which they should be doing. And I think the effects of that are going to be felt in 2019 because the government has um, started an inquiry into it. And and that is going to be, are we going to see 
the bad manufacturers close down, which will obviously be a very good thing, which means the better ones will be able to rise, rise above it. And we won't hear any more stuff in the press about how UK textile manufacturers are not doing things properly and as they should be, because we don't want a few bad eggs ruining it for everyone else. So I really do think that it's going to be a fantastic year for textile manufacturing in 2019, despite some of these challenges that I mentioned. I don't think we can be complacent and there is still a long way to go. But I hope by the po- things like this podcast shining in the light on the great manufacturers that we do have left in the UK, that more and more people will start to think about manufacturing here and reshoring their production and that the industry will continue to rise and shine. So yeah, that's my thoughts on the UK textile industry in 2018 and where I see it going for 2019. I think we've got an exciting year ahead, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Please do drop me an email to kateupmakeitbritish.co.uk or leave me a review on iTunes and tell me what you think. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and I will be back again in a few days time. In fact, the next episode is due to go out on Christmas Day, which will be an interview with a long-standing member of Make It British, who I think has a wonderful business based in Yorkshire. But you'll have to find out next Tuesday who that's going to be. Thanks once again for listening and see you soon. Bye. If you're interested in discovering UK manufacturers from the fashion, textiles and homeware sectors, you should definitely come to our trade show, Make It British Live. The next event is taking place on the 29th and 30th of May 2019 at the Business Design Centre in London. With over 200 exhibitors, inspiring talks just like the ones you've been listening to on this podcast and interactive workshops, it's the perfect place to network with others that want to see UK manufacturing thrive again. Registration is now open. Just go to makeitbritishlive.com forward slash register to register for a free ticket. If you're a British-made manufacturer or brand and want to find out how your business can benefit from being involved in the show, just visit makeitbritishlive.com forward slash exhibit, fill out a short questionnaire and one of my team will get straight back to you. To reach out to me personally, the best place to do this is via LinkedIn. Just look up Kate Hills and you'll find me. You'll also find me on Twitter at Make It British and Instagram at Make It British too. For all show notes for these podcasts, just go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash podcast and you'll find all the details. And make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing in iTunes, Stitcher or whichever is your preferred podcast app. And I really would love it if you left me a little review on iTunes. The more reviews this podcast receives, the more people will discover it and the more we can spread the word about making in the UK. Thanks once again for listening to the Make It British podcast. Bye.